0: My Laren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today we're on location at the newly opened Italy in Silicon Valley, and I'm chatting with Alex Saper. As managing partner and COO, Alex has the enviable task of overseeing the high-end Italian marketplace and food hall throughout the United States and Canada, bringing a taste of Italy and creating the ultimate food experience. Later in the interview, we will also be joined by Christina Flores, the vice president of product. But for now, I am so excited to welcome Alex to the podcast. Hey, Alex.
1: Really nice to meet you.
0: It's so good to meet you. I'm so jealous of your job. We were just talking a few seconds ago about how you have the best job possible. But I always start by it's asking. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> I always start by asking, what was the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you?
1: That I. That's a great, great <laughs> question. So... The first thing I ever cooked was spaghetti pomodoro, so spaghetti with tomato sauce in high school. But really when I started cooking was in college and I was the weird guy in the common room. Uh, I bought a George Foreman grill and I used to grill steaks in the middle of the common room. And people would walk by and be like, who is this person? grilling steaks in college you know what I mean yeah. it makes no sense so uh that's really where where I got my start I would say is in college
0: I remember the George do they even still make the George Foreman
1: I don't know you know I don't know but it was great for college it was perfect but <laughs> really it was a dorm room, yeah I think it was yeah so yeah, so yeah so yeah exactly I wasn't making grilled cheese I was making steak I was making mushrooms <laughs> I was making all this different stuff <laughs>
0: So I understand that you're not Italian. No. But you have always had an affinity for Italy. So I'd love for you to tell a little bit about your story and how you came to work here.
1: Absolutely. So I grew up, I was very lucky. My father had work in Italy and we used to go to Italy every summer. And um, so I was always around Italian. I really wanted to learn Italian. And so I studied it in college. And then I went to live actually in Bologna, uh, which is where I learned Italian. I then went to work in finance. It was not for me, but I did my two years in finance. And interestingly enough, my brother, who also works in the business, got to know uh, one of the guy, one of the original founders of Italy. And he said, you know, why don't you go check out this place in Torino, maybe they'll give you a job. Mm-hmm. So I'd always loved food, always loved Italy. And I went there, and it was the coolest place I had ever seen. The next thing I knew, they asked me to go to Japan. I spent a year in Japan helping to open in Italy. Um, I spent another year in Italy kind of doing every job within the store. And then throughout that process, we, uh, they asked us to become partners, and I've been doing it ever since. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I'd love to know what went through your mind, the very—oh, we're getting interrupted by this is,
1: This, this is why the job is difficult.
0: So they just brought some beautiful plates of pasta with uni on top. You're spoiling us today, we've been really well fed. (laughs) Grazie, chef. Thank you. So I would love to know what went through your mind when you first stepped foot into Italy.
1: It was, I mean, first of all, it was revolutionary combining restaurants with all of these high quality products and it, it was just it was the best place I had ever seen. For someone who loves food, I had never seen so much high-quality food from such small producers all in one place. And being able to really taste and smell and feel all of the country, Italy, in one place was just, I mean, it was, it was mind-blowing. I have to say, it really was mind-blowing. And as soon as I saw it, I mean, I remember calling my brother being like, we have to be involved in this. I don't care what happens. We, ha- we have to do it.
0: Ugh. Well, I thought the same thing too, but clearly you made it happen and <laughs> I didn't. Okay, so I, I know we shouldn't let food wait, yeah. right? So maybe we should taste what they brought.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: Okay, what did they bring us?
1: So they they brought us a pasta with sea urchin. Uh, really simple. It's all about sea urchin, and the truth is you guys have some of the best sea urchin in the world here in Santa Barbara, so uh, I'm super excited to try it. Me
0: too, <laughs> awesome. So I'd also like to introduce Cristina Flores, the VP of Product, who's here with us today. And she's going to describe what we're eating and and the uni.
2: So as Alex was saying, this is a perfect sort of dish. It's an example of Italy because it's so simple. It's our pasta di affalcio di graniano, which is bronze dyed artisanal pasta made in the town of Graniano, which is like the capital of dried pasta, paired with Santa Barbara sea urchin we just met this vendor abs seafood um, who supplies us with the sea urchin he's at pier 45. he is a second generation basically fishmonger he took over the business from his father when he was very young Um, his father was a sea urchin diver this is exactly what he grew up eating he explains how you know they didn't have a lot of money But he always had sea urchin on the table. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, he said that you know things were tight, but they always ate really, really well. Um, And so this is really simple. It's just I think it's just tomato, shallot,
1: sea
2: urchin, sea urchin, probably olive oil. oil, There's a touch of parsley at the end, and and that's it. About five Mm -hmm. ingredients. As far as the pasta, I think it's the the key is how it's cooked perfectly. Yeah, it's cooked not overdone, not underdone.
1: And it's also the pasta, so. A lot of people in the U.S. think that fresh pasta is automatically better than dry pasta. And the truth is, it's just apples and oranges. And so when you have a really high quality dry pasta, the texture, the way it sticks to the sauce, and the types of sauce you're using is totally different than with fresh pasta. And in this particular case, you have a pasta that's dried for 48 hours, it's bronze extruded, it has so much more starch and texture to it that it's just a better experience when you're eating it.
0: Right, you know, they always tell you, cook it al dente, there should be some bite and some tooth to it. And I honestly feel like this is one of the first times I've had pasta outside of Italy that actually cooks it the right way. <laughs> Even if you go to a place that's supposed to be super
2: authentic.
1: I'm, I'm thrilled <laughs> to hear that. And uh, yeah, and then finishing it in the sauce is super important as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, salting the pasta water, the cooking water is key. It should be as salty as the sea. That's sort of the, the rule.
0: Mm-hmm. I know, when we've got the different layers of saltiness from the uni yeah. to the pasta itself. What a, I feel bad for your so listeners. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just have to come to Italy. <laughs> so, I read that the founder sketched his idea for Italy on a Was it a napkin or a piece of paper?
1: Yeah, that's 100% true. We have uh, a sign, I I imagine it's in the store, it's in all of our stores, that has the original sketch on it. So we have a little poster board of what the sketch looked like.
0: I wonder, I I can only imagine what he felt seeing that sketch come to life, but what a genius.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a genius idea. I mean, I, I think also being Italian and having it like having the access to the product that Italy does. Like, Italy has, is one of the most biodiverse countries in the world. And I think him being Italian was very lucky in a lot of ways because it also appeals, like the Mediterranean diet appeals very much to Western culture. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's another reason it works very well because you have everything. You have your olive oils, I mean, you can have a full shopping experience here as well as Italian food in the restaurants, which people love, obviously.
0: Right. Okay. So if maybe someone has never heard of Italy, which I find, well, you just never know. But um, (laughs) if someone listening has never heard of Italy, could you just describe it for them?
1: Sure. Um, The easiest way to describe it is a place where you can eat, shop and learn about all the best Italy the country has to offer. And by that, I mean, we have restaurants where you can try our product. We have a full marketplace where you can do your daily shopping. And we really look at it like that because not only do we have many imported Italian products, but we also have a ton of uh, local products especially on the fresh side and I'm sure Christina could elaborate on that and then the learning part is we always have a school element we always do classes within the store mm-hmm. and so it's really the full experience so yeah I hope that explains it Oh, for you.
0: absolutely. and I just remember the first time I went to an Italy was actually in Chicago yeah. and then anytime I go back home to New York I go I oh, great stop by. thank you I've been waiting <laughs> for one to open in the Bay Area so why Silicon Valley what made you choose this location out of all the places in the Bay Area?
1: You know, so for sure we wanted to be in the Bay Area. Not only because it's a very important area of the country, but because it has such great products, which is something we always look for, obviously. But I think this was kind of the perfect place for us because it's an extremely hot area. I mean, from what I understand, it's developing incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. I think restaurants and food are like a lot of places will go like really high quality places are going to go to the cities, they're going to go to San Francisco and all of these places. And we thought it was a good opportunity to bring a lot of our customers who we believe are here, right? Um, an opportunity to shop and to eat in the restaurants and it's, it was just the right opportunity at the right time. I would say,
2: I think there's an appreciation for learning here. And from what I understand, everyone's very curious and will want to learn about all the different products.
0: Yeah, no, you I think you hit the nail on the head there because I do feel that people in the Bay Area are definitely very passionate about their food mm-hmm. and where it comes from, you know. People make fun of us all the time, but it's true and I I do when I talk to farmers for example, like they appreciate that, that there's this enthusiasm. So I'm glad that you're sensing that also here. Absolutely. So you mentioned local purvey- purveyors, mm-hmm. which I think is part of the beauty of Italy—that not only do you bring Italian products, but then you also partner with local people. Maybe you could highlight some of the ones that. Sure, you're of course.
2: So first of all, being New Yorkers, we're so jealous of produce that <laughs> so on the West Coast, <laughs> and we get some, but it's always, you know, five days later. Right, um, so we are working with a few local producers. Fred Hempel, Green Beef Farm, who also owns Artisan Seeds, um, is one of our farmers. We're gonna be buying a whole slew of items from him, but most notably tomatoes and zucchini blossoms. I think you tried them today on yes. the tour, baked into the focaccia. So good. Um, but his products will be in our produce retail department, as well as featured on the menu here. Another local farm that's produced is Spade and Plow. Mm-hmm. Tomatero Organic Farm, they, they produce organic strawberries. And I'm sure you've heard oh, of Harry's yes. Berries. Um, mm-hmm. I, we've we tasted Harry's Berries a lot. They're kind of just in Malibu, north of LA, but the tomatero kind of gives it a run for its money. It's, it's, it's equally delicious. On the meat side, we're partnering with Cream Comb Meats, who is a distributor in Oakland. And basically what they do is they aggregate and consolidate single source sustainable regenerative farms. So they've helped us curate an opening selection of five or six local farms, which is really what sets the store apart. It takes us years sometimes in other eatalies to get up to that amount of local product in the wow. butcher case. So the fact that we're opening with a majority of single source local product is really different and unique. Um, we're really proud of it. CreamCo came to New York, Alex and I and the team, we tasted everything and we were kind of blown away. And yep. um, we would just really stand by what they do as a company. And again, like we wish that we had a creamco like company in on the east, on the east coast yeah well alex i know you
0: are passionate about butchery and you were talking about one of the ways that you can source your the dairy meat for example and give it you know that next level in the chain so could maybe you could talk a little bit yeah about
1: absolutely that. so yeah i mean i think in general i'm just i'm very passionate about food i'm passionate about where food comes from and you said you know people make fun of um you for that but i, I mean Personally, I I think there's nothing wrong and I think it's everyone should care about where their food is coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think I eat meat and so I wanna know where that meat is coming from. I wanna know what I'm eating. And I think for the future of how people eat, I think it's really important that more and more people start to to feel that way. And so in this particular case what you're talking about is we have we're going to have in our butcher counter. We're going to have you know older ca- cattle, which is something they do in Europe. So it could be six, seven, eight years old, even ten years old. Wow. And what's amazing about that is the cow. Basically, first of all, it's some of the best beef that I've ever had in my life um, when it's raised correctly, and the one we have is. And the cow basically has two jobs. So there are dairy cattle that then you could afterwards you could eat later on in their life. But there's also um, cattle that are used for breeding. And so they have a purpose their whole life. And then towards the end of their life, um, instead of going to waste, um, they become food. And I think that that is, I think it's a great way of talking about sustainable meat in the future. And of course, that cow is going to be something that isn't I mean, it takes a long time to get to that point, right? But in general, as a society, we should probably eat a little bit less meat mm-hmm. and eat really good meat. I think that's kind right. of the philosophy.
0: I totally share that philosophy. I actually wrote a book called Meat to the Side. Oh, but really? when oh. I do eat the meat, I wanna know that you know it is good quality, that it was yeah. raised properly. and um, So I love that philosophy and I love that you're doing that here as well. Okay, so for people who are coming here because they've heard about, like, the mozzarella lab, I'm curious, how do you bring that authenticity, that taste of Italy, here? And Like, how do you teach the people who work here and live here locally to make such, you know, authentic
1: food? Well, that's, I mean, that's the learning piece, right? I mean, we're going to be doing classes on our second floor, and I think that for people who are interested you'll be able to learn I mean, we do mozzarella making classes we do pasta making classes and then on top of that I think a big difference with Italy and a lot of other places there's a lot of communication within the store like if you wanted to and I'm sure not a lot of people necessarily do this but I think there are some that do can go through the store and read all of our signs and you actually learn a lot so
2: from like an internal standpoint, we are really lucky and we have a lot of artisans and, and craftspeople that have been with us for 10 years. Um, a lot of them actually sit on my team and are sort of like this corporate task force. So a lot of them are here this week training new hires, how to pull mozzarella. And we kind of just spread, spread out, right? Sometimes someone will be new here and we'll send them to train in New York City for, for a couple of weeks. We actually don't have such a formal training program. It's really just a huge amount of artisans that we have in this company. There's endless who've amount grown who've grown up with our company. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times even some vendors will will, will step in and
1: help train. I, I actually would also say one last point about that, which I think is a great point that Christina is bringing up. And what's really interesting is when we opened, they were artisans from Italy. Like people who had been doing this and their families for hundreds of years. And what's really interesting is we've found... A lot of people who have been with us now for a long time that are 100% American, that have learned to make mozzarella, and they're the best mozzarella makers we have. And we don't necessarily need the Italians to come over and do that anymore, which I think is really interesting and exciting to be teaching people to make food the way it's been made for, you know, hundreds of years. So it's it's fun.
0: So I'm actually really curious, for us here in the United States, Italy is a destination right but for people who live in italy there's many italy's in italy like what do they think of when they see italy
1: so it's definitely different to a certain extent so first of all i think it's hard in italy to find all of these small local producers from across all the regions in one place Mm -hmm. so i think it's still a destination Uh for people like if you're in torino it's not that easy to find uh, a tomato or a certain type of sauce from sicily right and so because italy is a very regional place and so i think on the market side italy is still very strong because they're bringing people the best that italy has to offer in one place and then on top of that i think everyone's drawn to the concept of having the restaurants within the markets and how fresh everything is and i mean i think at the end of the day in restaurants in this business, you have to have really high quality food and I, I that's where I think we shine and the reason we we do that is because we care so much about the product. I mean, you're talking to, to top people in the company and hopefully you can tell we're pretty passionate about what we're doing and I think that that's a big piece of why the company continues to have good food and and is and people like it is because we care about product. And at the end of the day, that's what makes good food, in, in my opinion, in restaurants. I don't think it's technique, I think it's product.
0: Yeah, and I love that you can see the product fully expressed in the restaurants like here in Terra or downstairs. It's just, it's a nice full circle moment for everybody. And it makes sense for the company. Yeah.
2: I think Terra is a really full circle moment because pizza pasta is really traditional and really Italian. Mm-hmm. But here in Terra is where the the dried pasta, the olive oil, the fresh pasta, the house made is combined with the local produce, the meat and the seafood. And it's hyper seasonal as well. So then the, it can shift a lot, like the preparation on dishes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the wood burning grill, it's all fire kissed as well. It just adds an additional sort of next level yeah. pop to it.
0: So... What makes Silicon Valley so special compared to all the other Italy's in North America?
2: Um, I mean, I think the point that I touched on earlier, this, this butcher department and opening with such a large local selection of single source farms, it's something that we feel absolutely passionate about, as, as we, I think Alex has made it clear. Mm-hmm. This wine shop that we have is the largest wine shop that we have in the United States. Um, you know, we don't sell California wine. We only sell, sell Italian wine. Uh, our beverage director here, Giacomo, came from L.A., so he spent the last four years in Los Angeles, so he understands the California market and how to make an Italian wine shop successful mm. so the number the depth of selection i we think
1: we don't not sell it because we don't not sell california wine because we don't like it it's no just it's just because our concept is italian right yeah.
0: right I mean, you can right. get california wine exactly. anywhere else <laughs> it's not something that right so if someone was coming here what would you say are the you have to have it don't miss it before you leave mm-hmm spaghetto pomodoro.
1: Yeah. The spaghetto pomodoro, which is mm-hmm. the spaghetti with tomato sauce, which I'm telling you, it's you, it sounds like the simplest thing and it, it is the simplest thing, but it, it the tomatoes we're using, the the pasta we're using, it's really it it feels like you're in Italy. So I would mm-hmm. say that. Um, I would probably
2: add pizza alla pala. Pizza alla
1: pala. Yeah, so that's like if you're if you're in a if you're in like a little bit of a rush and you don't want to sit in the restaurants, we have our Roman style pizza downstairs, which is really fun. Um I would say our tiramisu.
0: That was divine. And
1: our tiramisu and our gelato. And then if you're in terra, I mean everything, but I think the Fornillo Pugliese, which is going to be a big highlight dish, which is, and this actually is traditional and I'm really excited about it, but it's, it comes from Puglia, which actually I got married in Puglia, Aww. so it's, it's a special place in my heart. Nice. And um, so it's, open. yeah, it's a mix <laughs> of like sausage beef, chicken, all on skewers, like these big skewers, and it's all cooked over wood fire, and it's really, really amazing, so.
2: And then you, you can't leave the market without picking up a few things. Yes. In, in, in the grocery department, a bottle of olive oil, depending on the type of olive oil that you like, whether you want something soft and buttery, or grassy and, and, and robust, um, some dried pasta, and of course some salome and cheese. Yeah, and hopefully try to recreate it at home. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing that I did want to mention is what's kind of different about this market is we're going to open day one on Instacart and do grocery <gasps> delivery. So right. the, the 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 South Bay area is so big and um, we also discovered that Instacart delivers all the way up, down, uh, up to South San Francisco so it's such a big area mm-hmm. um, and all each of these towns seem to be 15-20 minutes apart yeah. and so we're going to be crowded which is great but we want people to be able to experience the retail component day one if they choose
0: that's awesome so if you can't come into the store right away or traffic's really Mm -hmm. not so happy
2: right (laughs) then you could do that exactly exactly
0: awesome okay so before we go what's your favorite gelato flavor I have to ask because you guys are using Strauss which is a local-ish brand which is your favorite flavor
1: so for me it's either the the crema which I think is absolutely delicious I had it yesterday or uh, pistachio Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are kind of my I was
2: say the same thing I think the crema is just so simple and that's where you can taste the quality of the milk and the pistachio because it, it pairs well with everything I think classic Nocciola would be third probably
1: so christina did the right thing she said pistacchio which is the italian (laughs) way but i didn't you know i was like i'm speaking english so i feel like i should say pistachio so i wasn't
0: sure it's good to have both 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 pronunciations okay before i let you go i just have some few closing questions what's an emergency go-to meal when you're too tired to cook
1: you're asking the wrong person i know i'm I'm (laughs) never too tired to cook but I mean, pasta for sure. Yeah. No, we're not fresh. But I mean, I would do dry pasta. I would probably do, I mean, I've said it now six times. Clearly, I like it. But I would probably just do, like, I'd either do, like, a spaghetti with tomato sauce. or if I wanted, like, some protein, maybe I'd do, like, anchovies and tuna and tomato would be uh, mm. delicious for me.
2: I think mine would be fresh pasta just because it's quicker cook time a little bit. That's true. maybe maybe like, you still have to make it. No, you buy the fresh pasta here. You buy the fresh pasta. I'd buy a pound of agnolotti del plin, which is this little tiny little ravioli-like. It's like almost like a caramel shape, and it's really traditional Piemontese, and it's stuffed with pork, veal. And you just really need to cook it with a little bit of pasta water, butter, and shave some parmigiano on top, and that's it. So, so it's you actually. Know, like
1: most people are gonna be like, "What was Alex talking about with anchovy and tuna?" But I promise you, it's delicious.
0: No, and you know what? You're not the first person to mention anchovies, anchovies don't with pasta. How
1: good anchovies are! Yeah. And the thing is, I could make it for most people. You'd have no idea anchovies were in it. It's right. just, it's just like umami at that yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's what I was th- I was yeah. more thinking about, like, what's in my pantry. So, like, I'm not, I'm not you know. I'm but I like, yeah, that's stuff. a good point.
0: <laughs> both good answers. Thank you. And especially if you are near Italy, then, yeah, you can get the fresh-made pasta. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Hers was
1: yeah, better. Better, better answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's the one recipe that you each treasure the most?
1: It's are hard-hitting questions. <laughs> um,
0: Serious like questions.
2: here, or what recipe Personally, you like to make it
0: just your own personal My
2: favorite is like a, a seafood spaghetti like this yeah. i actually have Alex's it's brother, weird yeah
1: seafood spaghetti. yeah so so uh, i w- I, w- I was going to say either i was going to say vongole, um or or i'm pretty good at a which is um oh it's
0: tomato based so
1: that's tomato mm-hmm. and guanciale which is the uh Cheeks. it's the pork cheek but what? it's uh cured and it's very very delicious as well so oh. i'd say one of those two um Sounds or good. I really like to cook over fire, so if I have a fireplace, I'm cooking in it. So uh, nice. anything over a fire.
0: Very cool. Anything else? No, I, no? W- I would go with vungle as well. Yeah, say this that's.
2: Is interviews freaking me out. We're like,
1: we're like, yeah, we're <laughs> very.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, are you messy or neat in the kitchen? Messy.
1: I am. It's I, no, the. W- no, I'm
2: sorry. I'm neat. I was
1: thinking. Yeah, she was thinking, thinking of, thinking of me. So I am. I wish I could say I was neat, and I think it's. Uh, it, there's a secret part of me that would love to be a chef and I could never be because I am extremely messy yeah. and I it's unfortunate but my well. brain just doesn't my brain just doesn't work I that clean way up as I, go. Yeah. I do not clean up as I go
2: maybe it's because I'm, I know that I'm gonna have no help from my husband afterwards cleaning up <laughs> that and that so I'm so
1: I, <laughs> I just I get too focused on it in fact my wife gets upset because she doesn't get upset but she understands at this point but she used to because like she'll talk to me and I am just not listening because I'm into cooking (laughs) I'm very focused on cooking but I'm not thinking of cleaning I'm just thinking of what I'm doing in that moment but I'm okay with it because I'm not you know I'm not a professional chef so I'm okay being messy
0: yeah no I'm it's funny how you go you can go either way right and yeah if you don't have someone cleaning up after
1: you no
2: I'm typing yeah, yep. lists and checklists. You know. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, what's
0: a good kitchen tip that you can share?
1: I think what I what I shared, I mean, it depends, you could have, there's millions, but what I shared before, I mean, I think the secret to pasta is finishing in the sauce. Mm-hmm. So taking it out actually extra al dente, I always take it out like three or four minutes before and I finish cooking with some pasta water and um, in the mm-hmm. sauce. And that is what, if you especially have a good pasta, it's what creates the creaminess. You don't need butter. You don't need any of these things that people think you need. And that's what, that's, how you do it in italy it's really good yeah
2: Uh, for me i think it's just keeping a few key staples in your pantry and then you have what you need to make meal on the fly yeah really good great
0: and to close it out every week i try to share five little things with my audience something that made them smile or made me smile during the week is there something that made you smile during this week
2: Sure, I think that uh, over the last few months, the team and I have made a lot of trips out here and meeting a lot of different producers, seeing them all here together today, and then watching them talk with each other, it's uh, the Italian ones and the local ones, Mm. it it makes me not only smile, but almost cry, right?
1: (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, obviously, anytime you open a store, it's amazing to see, like, you know, I've been involved since day one, the design, the layout, everything, it's amazing to see what the team has put together. And um, so, for sure, just, Getting here and seeing the store is incredible, and then again the products here. So, like I mean, uh, Christina was talking about, but like the fish, the meat here. It's, in my opinion, what we have access to here is is probably better than 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 anywhere. I mean, obviously we have great products everywhere, but. The amount, the, the biodiversity of the fish counter, the amount of different local, but it's not just about local. I mean, it's like, uh, it's about the farmers, right? The kinds of farmers that we're getting the meat from is really special. So, that.
0: Yeah, California is a pretty special place. So, it's,
1: it's really. Simple. California is a really special place from that wow. standpoint. It's amazing. I mean, every standpoint, but especially that. It
0: not bad either. The weather's <laughs> not bad. Yeah, we can't complain about the weather. We're sitting where it's kind of outside and it's just so nice. It's so beautiful. So, thank you both for inviting me here today, for spoiling me with so much good food, and just for spending time with me and chatting. Thank
1: you. Thank really you. nice meeting you.
0: Are you craving pasta now? I want to thank Italy and Silicon Valley for opening their doors to me for a special sneak peek. If you're in the Bay Area, Italy will celebrate its grand opening at Westfield Valley Fair on June 16th. So be sure to come explore all three floors of deliciousness. Thank you again to Alex and Christina for joining us today. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.